Book Three, Part One of Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Josh Kibbe. Pharsalia by Lucan. Translated by J. D. Duff. Book Three, Massilia, Part One. With canvas yielding to the western wind, the navy sailed the deep, and every eye gazed on Yonian billows. But the chief turned not his vision from his native shore, now left forever, while the morning mists drew down upon the mountains, and the cliffs faded in distance till his aching sight no longer knew them. Then his wearied frame sank in the arms of sleep. But Julia's shape, in mournful guise, dread horror on her brow, rose through the gaping earth, and from her tomb erect, in form as of a fury, spake. Driven from Elysian fields and from the plains the blessed inhabit, when the war began I dwell in Stygian darkness where abide the souls of all the guilty. There I saw the Eumenides with torches in their hands prepared against thy battles, and the fleets which by the ferrymen of the flaming stream were made to bear thy dead, while hell itself relaxed its punishments. The sisters three with busy fingers all their needful tasks could scarce accomplish, and the threads of fate dropped from their weary hands. With me thy wife, thou, Magnus, leddest happy triumphs home. New wedlock brings new luck. Thy concubine, whose star brings all her mighty husbands ill, Cornelia weds in the a-breathing tomb. Through wars and oceans let her cling to thee, so long as I may break thy nightly rest. No moment left thee for her love, but all by night to me, by day to Caesar given. Me not the oblivious banks of Lethe's stream have made forgetful, and the kings of death have suffered me to join thee. In mid-fight I will be with thee, and my haunting ghost remind thee Caesar's daughter was thy spouse. Thy sword kills not our pledges. Civil war shall make thee wholly mine. She spake and fled, but he, though heaven and hell thus bowed defeat, more bent on war, with mind assured of ill. Why, dread phantoms of a dreaming brain, or not of sense and feeling to the soul is left by death, or death itself is not? Now fiery titan in declining path dipped to the waves, his bright circumference so much diminished as a growing moon not yet full circled, or when past the full. When to the fleet a hospitable coast gave access and the ropes in order laid, the sailors struck the masts and rowed ashore. When Caesar saw the fleet escape his grasp and hidden from his view by lengthening seas, left without rival on Hesperian soil, he found no joy in triumph, rather grieved that thus in safety Magnus' flight was sped. Not any gifts of fortune now sufficed his fiery spirit, and no victory won unless the war was finished with the stroke. Then arms he laid aside in guise of peace seeking the people's favor, skilled to know how to arouse their ire, and how to gain the popular love by corn and plenty given. For famine only makes a city free. By gifts of food the tyrant buys a crowd to cringe before him, but the people starved is fearless ever. Curio, he bids, cross over to Sicilian cities, where our ocean by a sudden rise o'erwhelmed the land, or split the isthmus right in twain, leaving a path for seas. Unceasing tides their labor hugely, lest again should meet the mountains rent asunder. Nor were left Sardinian shores unvisited. Each isle is blessed with noble harvests which have filled more than all else the granaries of Rome, and poured their plenty on Hesperia's shores. Not even Libya, with its fertile soil, their yield surpasses when the southern wind gives way to northern, and permits the clouds to drop their moisture on the teeming earth. This ordered, Caesar led his legions on, not armed for war, but as in time of peace returning to his home. Ah, had he come with only Gallia conquered in the north, what long array of triumph had he brought! What pictured scenes of battle! How had Rhine and ocean borne his chains! 
how noble gaul and britain's fair-haired chiefs his lofty car had followed such a triumph had he lost by further conquest now in silent fear they watched his marching troops nor joyful towns poured out their crowds to welcome his return yet did the conqueror's proud soul rejoice far more than at their love at such a fear now anxious hold was past the oozy road that separates the marsh the grove sublime where reigns the scythian goddess and the path by which men bear the fasces to the feast on alba's summit from the height afar gazing in awe upon the walls of rome his native city since the northern war unseen and visited thus caesar spake who would not fight for such a godlike town and have they left thee rome without a blow think the high gods no eastern hosts are here to wreak their fury nor sarmatian horde with northern tribes conjoined by fortune's gift this war is civil else this coward chief had been thy ruin trembling at his feet he found the city deadly fire and flame as from a conqueror gods and fiends dispersed such was the measure of their fear as though his power and wish were one no festal shout greeted his march no feigned acclaim of joy scarce had they time for hate in phoebus all their hiding places left a crowd appeared of senators uncalled for none could call no consul there the sacred shrine adorned no praetor next in rank and every seat placed for the officers of state was void caesar was all and to his private voice all else were listeners the fathers sat ready to grant a temple or a throne if such as wish and for themselves to vote or death or exile while it was for rome that caesar blushed to order what they feared yet in one breast the spirit of freedom rose indignant for the laws for when the gates of saturn's temple hot metellus saw were yielding to the shock he clove the ranks of caesar's troops and stood before the doors as yet unopened tis the love of gold alone that fears not death no hand is raised for perished laws or violated rights but for this dross the vilest cause of all men fight and die thus did the tribune bar the victor's road to rapine and with voice clear ringing spake save our metal is dead this temple opens not my sacred blood shall flow thou robber ere the gold be thine and surely shall the tribune's power defied find an avenging god this crassus knew who followed by our curses sought the war and met disaster on the parthian plains draw then thy sword nor fear the crowd that gapes to view thy crimes the citizens are gone not from our treasury reward for guilt thy hosts shall ravish other towns are left and other nations wage the war on them drain not rome's peace for spoil the victor then incensed to ire vain is thy hope to fall in noble death as guardian of the right with all thine honours thou of caesar's rage art a little worthy never shall thy blood defile his hand time lowest things with high confounds not yet so much that if thy voice could save the laws it were not better far they fell by caesar such his lofty words but as the tribune yielded not his rage rose yet the more and at his soldier's swords one look he cast forgetting for the time what robes he wore but soon Metellus heard these words from Cata, When men bow to power, freedom of speech is only freedom's bane. Whose shade at least survives, if with free will that dost whate'er is bidden thee? For us some pardon may be found. A host of ills compelled submission, and the shame is less that to have done which could not be refused. Yield then this wealth, the seeds of direful war. A nation's anger is by losses stirred when laws protect it, but the hungry slave brings danger to his master, not himself at this metalus yielded from the path and as the gates rolled backward echoed loud the rock tarpeian and the temple's depths gave up the treasure which for centuries no hand had touched all that the punic foe and perses and philippus conquered gave and all the gold which pyrrhus panic-struck left when he fled that gold the price of rome which yet fabricius sold not not the hoard laid up by saving sires the tribute sent by asia's richest nations and the wealth which conquering metalus brought from crete and cato bore from distant cyprus home 
and last the riches torn from captive kings and borne before pompeius when he came in frequent triumph thus was robbed the shrine and caesar first brought poverty to rome meanwhile all nations of the earth were moved to share in magnus fortunes in the war and in his fated ruin gratia sent nearest of all her succors to the host from Syra and parnassus stubble peak and from amphisa phocis sent her youth boeotian leaders muster in the meads by dercy laved and where cephasus rolls gifted with fateful power his stream along and where alpheus who beyond the sea in found sicilian seeks the day again pisa deserted stands and oeta loved by hercules of old dodona's oaks are left to silence by the sacred train and all epirus rushes to the war and proud athena mistress of the seas sends three poor ships alas her all to prove her ancient victory over the persian king next seek the battle creta's hundred tribes beloved of jove and rivaling the east in skill to wing the arrow from the bow the walls of dardanoricum the woods where athamanians wander and the banks of swift absurdus foaming to the main are left forsaken Incalian tribes whose king was cadmus and whose name records his transformation join the host and those who till penine fields and turn the share above yolcos and thessalian lands there first men steeled their hearts to dare the waves and against the rage of ocean and the storm to match their strength when the rude argo sailed upon that distant quest and spurned the shore joining remotest nations in her flight and gave the fates another form of death left too was folo pretended home where dwelt the fabled race of double form arcadian minelus the thracian mount named hamus strymon whence as autumn falls winged squadrons seek the banks of warmer nile and all the isles the mouths of yester bathe the mixed with the tidal wave the land through which the cooling eddies of caicus flow adalian and arisbe bare of glebe the hinds of patane and those who till selene's fields which mourned of yore the gift of pallas and the vengeance of the god all draw the sword and those from marcy's flood first swift then doubling backwards with the stream of sinuous meander and from where pactylus leaves his golden source and leaps from earth permitting and with rival wealth rich hermes parts the medes nor stayed the bands of troy but doomed as in old time they joined pompeius fated camp nor held them back the fabled past nor caesar's claim descent from their Iolus. Syrian peoples came from palmy Idumea and the walls of Ninus, great of yore, from windy plains of far Damascus and from Gaza's hold, from Sidon's courts enriched with purple dye, and Tyre oft trembling with the shaken earth. All these led on by Sinashura's light, furrow their certain path to reach the war. Phoenicians first, if story be believed, dared to record in characters. For yet papyrus was not fashioned, and the priests of Memphis, carving symbols upon walls of mystic sense, in shape of beast or fowl, preserved the secrets of their magic art. Next Persian Tarsus and high Tars groves are left deserted, and Acherusium's cave, and all Cilicia's ports pirate no more resound with preparation. Nor the east refused the call, where furthest Ganges dares, alone of rivers, to discharge a stream against the sun opposing. On this shore the Macedonian conqueror stayed his foot and found the world his victor, here too rolls indus's torrent with thy daspes joined yet hardly feels it here from luscious reed men draw sweet liquor here they dye their locks with tints of saffron and with coloured gems bind down their flowing garments here are they who satiate of life and proud to die ascend the blazing pyre and conquering fate scorn to live longer but triumphant give the remnant of their days in flame to heaven nor fails to join the host a hardy band of cappadocians tilling now the soil once pirates of the main nor those who dwell where steep Nyphates hurls the avalanche, and where a Median Cotra's sides the giant forest rises to the sky. And you, Arabians, from your distant home, came to a world unknown, and wondering saw the shadows fall no longer to the left. 
then fired with ardor for the roman war oretus came and far carmania's chiefs whose climb lies southward yet men thence descry low down the pole star and boots runs hasting to set part seen his nightly course and ethiopians from that southern land which lies without the circuit of the stars did not the bull with curving hoof advanced o'er step the limit from that mountain zone they come where rising from a common fount euphrates flows and tigris and did earth permit were joined with either name but now while like the egyptian flood euphrates spreads his fertilizing water tigris first drawn down by earth in covered depths is plunged and holds a secret course then born again flows on unhindered to the persian sea but warlike parthia wavered twixt the chiefs content to have made them too while scythia's hordes dipped fresh their darts in poison whom the stream of bactros bound in vast hyrcanian woods hence springs that rugged nation swift and fierce descended from the twins great charioteer nor failed sarmatia nor the tribes that dwell by richest phasis and on halus banks which sealed the doom of croesus king nor where from far ripaean ranges tanaeus flows on either hand a quarter of the world asia and europe and in winding course carves out a continent nor where the straight and boiling surge pours to the pontic deep maotus's waters rivaling the pride of those herculean pillar gates that guard the entrance to an ocean thence with hair and golden fillets aramaspians came and fierce mesagate who quaffed the blood of the brave steed on which they fight and flee not when great cyrus on memnonian realms his warriors poured nor when their weapons piled the persian told the number of his host nor when the avenger of a brother's shame loaded the billows with his mighty fleet beneath one chief so many kings made war nor aramet nations varied thus in garb and thus in language to pompeius death thus fortune called them and a world in arms witnessed his ruin from where Afric's god two-horned ammon rears his temple came all libya ceaseless from the wastes that touch the bounds of egypt to the shore that meets the western ocean thus to award the prize of empire at one blow pharsalia brought neath caesar's conquering hand the banded world now caesar left the walls of trembling rome and swift across the cloudy alpine tops he winged his march but while all others fled far from his path in terror of his name phocaia's manhood with ungrecian faith held to their pledged obedience and dared to follow right not fate but first of all with olive boughs of truce before them borne the chieftain they approached with peaceful words and hope to alter his unbending will and tame his fury search the ancient books which chronicle the deeds of lashian fame thou'lt ever find when foreign foes pressed hard Massilia's prowess on the side of rome and now if triumphs in an unknown world thou seekest caesar here are arms and swords accept and aid but if in impious strife of civil discord with the roman foe thou seekst to join in battle weeping then we hold aloof no stranger hand may touch celestial wounds should all olympus hosts have rushed to war or should the giant brood assault the stars yet men would not presume or by their prayers or arms to help the gods and ignorant of the fortunes of the sky taught by the thunderbolts alone would know that jupiter supreme still held the throne and that unnumbered nations join the fray nor shrinks the world so much from taint of crime that civil wars reluctant swords require but grant that strangers shun thy destinies and only romans fight shall not the sun shrink ere he strike his father on both sides brothers forbid the weapon to be hurled the world's end comes when other hands are armed than those which custom and the gods allow for us this is our prayer leave caesar hear thy dreadful eagles keep thy hostile signs back from our gates but enter thou in peace massilia's ramparts let our city rest withdrawn from crime to magnus and to thee safe and should favoring fate preserve all walls and violate when both shall wish for peace here meet unarmed why hither turnst thou now thy rapid march nor weight nor power have we to sway the mighty conflicts of the world 
We boast no victory since our fatherland we left in exile. When Fakaya's fort perished in flames, we sought another here, and here on foreign shores, in narrow bounds confined and safe, our boast is sturdy faith, not else. But if our city to blockade is now thy mind, to force the gates and hurl javelin and blazing torch upon our homes, do what thou wilt. Cut off the source that fills our foaming river, force us, prone in thirst, to dig the earth and lap the scanty pool. Season our corn and leave us food aboard, nor shall this people shun for freedom's sake the ill Saguntum bore in Punic siege. Torn, vainly clinging, from the shrunken breast the starving babe shall perish in the flames. Wives at their husbands' hands shall pray their fate, and brothers' weapons deal a mutual death. Such be our civil war, not Caesar thine. But Caesar's visage stern betrayed his ire, which thus broke forth in words. Vain is the hope ye rest upon my march. Speed though I may towards my western goal, time still remains to blot Massilia out. Rejoice, my troops. Unsought, the war ye longed for meet you now. The fate concedes it. As the tempests lose their strength by sturdy forests unopposed, and as the fire that finds no fuel dies, even so to find no foe is Caesar's ill. When those who may be conquered will not fight, that is defeat. Degenerate, disarmed, their gates admit me. Not content, forsooth, with shutting Caesar out, they shut him in. They shun the taint of war. Such prayer for peace brings with it chastisement. In Caesar's age learn that not peace, but war within his ranks alone can make you safe. Fearless he turns his march upon the city, and beholds fast barred the gateways, while in arms the youth stand on the battlements. Hard by the walls a hillock rose, upon the further side expanding in a plain of gentle slope, fit, as he deemed it, for a camp with ditch and mound encircling. To a lofty height the nearest portion of the city rose, while intervening valleys lay between. These summits with a mighty trench to bind the chief resolves, gigantic though the toil. But first, from furthest boundaries of his camp, enclosing streams and meadows, to the sea to draw a rampart, upon either hand heaved up with the earthy sod, with lofty towers crowned, and to shut Massilia from the land. Then did the Grecian city win renown eternal, deathless, for that uncompelled nor fearing for herself, but free to act she made the conqueror pause, and he who seized all in resistless course found here delay, and fortune, hastening to lay the world low at her favorite's feet, was forced to stay for these few moments her impatient hand. End of Book 3, Part 1